Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us during the holiday month for yet another one. This one being 342. Yep, 342. It <laughs> almost sounds like it's counting down. <laughs> That's if a dyslexic person's counting down. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, this one's going to be uh, a loaded one. I had to uh, eliminate my choice for. Uh, uh, for like an older, lesser-known song, because, well, I'll be covering the Pogues again on this episode, and I got a lot more to say about them. Well, we're going to get right to yeah. that. We got some new tracks. We got some a uh, bunch of stuff that gets shared with us yet again. I'm getting caught up. I think I just had a couple more shared in the last day or two, but I'm hoping to get everything landed between here and Punkanoi Worldwide before the new year. Again, if anybody shares stuff between now and then, it might get bumped a little bit, but we're trying to get caught up. I like to play it, you know, within a week or so when somebody shares it. That's where I want to get back to. So we're getting there. Uh, I'm going to get to my list of new stuff that is coming out and has come out. I'm going to start on December 3rd. The band The Path, they put out uh, a song on a compilation, one for them compilation track. Their track was called Tiptoe Through the Tulips, Tiny Tim. That's almost a tongue twister there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's his most famous song. Oh. I can't. I can't. Tiny Tim, the artist, then. Yeah. Oh. Tiny Tim is the artist who wrote "Tiptoe Through the Window." Well, it's a good thing Eric knows, and that's a hardcore band, so I definitely want to check that out. I haven't yet. I like the Path. They're out of Vermont. They're awesome. So I want to check that one out. <laughs> that will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Guilty Noise, and that's N-O-I-Z for noise. They released five singles. Uh, it might be music for the Born Losers EP, but they put them on their Bandcamp page individually. So I don't know, but they all came out on the same day too. Cool stuff that came out on December 3rd. Then on the 4th, Skin Sex. They released Kids in Stifeln. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah. Skin Sex. Skin Sex is awesome. Uh, and they're a great band too. Check them out. Uh, Crazy in the Brains on December 4th put out an EP, Kicked Out of the Choir. It's four tracks that they released, I think, between like September and that uh, the final track getting released like a week before this and kind of composed them all together as an EP. But they had released all those tracks as singles prior to. The X-Saints released Hit the Bricks, which is a single on the 4th on Little Willie Records. Thought Crimes, and that's Thought Crimes, all one word. They released Rose Bather, which is a single on Pure Noise Records. Then SIKM, or S-I-K-M, because it's all capitalized. Maybe it's an acronym that stands for something. Typically, when you put everything as capital letters, that's what it means. But I don't know. Who am I to say? They released a demo, and it's good stuff. came out on Mendeku Discock. I've actually listened to it already. I enjoyed it. Blemish put out session number 23, October of 23, which is the Pills Records, Pandemics Records uh, release for December, and that came out on December 5th. Brut, B-R-U-T, put out a new single, Fire and Violence. It's a good single. Check it out. came out on the 7th. N-O-X-E, and it's capital N, capital O, capital X, lowercase e. Noxie. Yes. <laughs> That's what I like to pronounce it as. I like it. We're going to go with that. On the 7th, they put out a single, Ate Logo. And that's probably mispronounced, but uh, go look at 
up. It's cool. Uh, our pals at Pirates Press, they put out a new compilation for Family and Flag Volume 2. It's out on vinyl as well. A lot of uh, singles and some not released and on something mm. else yet on that, but a lot of bands that are on Pirates Press, including new bands that they are starting to release stuff, like Teenage Bottle Rocket's got a track on there. Yeah. Starving Wolves has got a track on there. So bands that are n- newly releasing stuff on Pirates Press, they've got a track on there, plus a bunch of other Pirates Press bands. Are we going to do a marathon for this one as well, like we did last year? <laughs> yes, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm all, I'm all good for it because I liked what we did there. Yeah. A lot of great songs, some of them unreleased that we got to cover. So, yeah, might as well. Yep, we'll be getting to those. Uh, Skinhead, love that band. Uh, that's the name of the band. On December 8th, they released their mini LP, Everything Was Beautiful and Nothing Hurt. I actually ordered my vinyl version of that today. It should be hopefully arriving within the next week. Red Bricks, they put out a new single called One for the Road. I love that band. And they have a split LP coming soon. Brawler released Pushback, which is a single on 1054 Records. Great hardcore label there out of Australia. And that came out on the 8th. The 8th was obviously a Friday as there's a lot of releases that came out. Molly Volpane released Amortize, which is a single on rotaryvinyl.com. Uh, Hammerhead released a new single called Otto Hose. It's German, so I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but that's a single. Nervous Kids released Back to the Start, which is a single on Wiretap Records. Whirlwind released Lasting Peace, which is a single on Indecision Records. Our pals Knock Off released a new single. Chelsea Beer and Punk Rock, if you're familiar with that band, it's usually football beer and punk rock, but they changed it up a little bit. You should go check out that track. Chrome is releasing on the 15th, Red Exposure, and they're releasing Blue. Well, I'll get to Blue Exposure as it's the following week. The Franks are releasing Start Living Your Life, which is a 10-inch on LSM vinyl. That's on the 15th. On the 16th, Evil Conduct is releasing 10 tracks, No Bullshit. That's the name of it. And I'm looking forward to that. They, they released a single last month. or No, it was October. Yeah, I think it was in October. They released a single there. And it's great. Love Evil Conduct. The Wild Throats will be releasing Voodoo Scream which is an EP, and that'll be on the 16th. Longshot Odds are going to be releasing Torn, Tattered, and Screwed, which is a single. It's actually a re-recorded version of a previous track they did, I think back in 2019. Battlefly, and they actually have a couple other ones that they're going to be doing that with as well, but that single will get released uh, on the 19th. On the 20th, Battleflash will be releasing, I think it's their second single leading up to their full length, and that single is called Gas Hole. Uh... <laughs> Great name there. That's also a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Skin You're such sex gas hole. Yes. Uh, <laughs> flirting with Disaster. That's uh, Chaz Rabble, a.k.a. Chaz Valentine band that he plays in now. Uh, they are releasing Find a Way on the 21st. Chrome is releasing Blue Exposure, which is a week after Red Exposure. So that comes out on the 22nd. No Shelter and Menschenstab are releasing a split on Lower Class Records on the 22nd. Angel Face are releasing self-titled Angel Face on Slovenly Records. And finally, The Cavemen are releasing Cash for Scrap, which is an LP on the 22nd. Got a bunch of other stuff that might be released in that window. Probably no more. Added to the list next week. Eric, what do you got? 
Well, I got ever so little. <laughs> I mean, I have one that's a bit uh, a, a bit past the uh, the mark for uh, for for songs that we do. It's a little past the ten day mark. But on the twenty eighth, the band Dogmatic released their self titled EP. So I'm kind of counting that. <laughs> uh, on December first, Going Off released Kill List, sort of those uh, mid P's. Okay, you know, eight songs. Is it or isn't it? Right. I will never understand that. Well, <laughs> uh, December 7th, uh, Split Knuckle released their single Gutter Thoughts and Breathing Through the Wound. And uh, Brawler released Pushback single and Jarhead Fertilizer released Carceral Warfare. On December 8th, Fatal Wounds uh, released Accepting Defeat EP. And, and yes, the Pirates Press Records for Family and Flag Volume 2. On the 15th, Without Peace released Crash and Bird. And also on a uh, an unannounced date, Run Into the Sun is releasing their brand new single. But Which segues us in. Yep, we <laughs> are going to be talking about that right now. Now, last episode, I kind of teased that it was a new City to City track. I was wrong. It was... I got a little bit uh, mixed up there. It's not a new City to City song. It's a new-ish Run Into the Sun song. And the song is uh, 400 South, which was a song that was recorded on their first EP, their demo, back in uh, 2021. And now, uh, excuse me, and now they uh, are basically re re-recorded it, they uh, remixed, remastered it, and they got a new uh, guest vocalist on there. My friend Jaws is on there. And she was also a lead vocalist for a band called In Unison, at one point, they were a very short-lived hardcore band back in, uh, uh, like, around 2016. Okay. Yeah. And they were great. They have an EP out, so they did not leave without a mark. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. And a few times I covered their uh, shows, and uh, uh, regardless, it was a great band. And so, yeah, 400 South, I got in touch with uh, Dan Fletcher, their singer, and asked him, so uh, what's the deal with this one? You have yet another song that's titled after a city, <laughs> a city street. And he said, as I'm paraphrasing, that it's a sequel to the City to City song, Ninth on Broadway, that I talked about in the last episode. And it was originally recorded and released on their demo, like I said. Uh, but not only is it the same song with an added singer, but it's much better produced. And the performances are a lot more powerful. And... It's much like its a predecessor. It's about overcoming adversity and letting the past go. Like, that how we've lost a lot of people throughout the years should influence our gratitude for being alive today. And there will be a lot more on that in this episode, <laughs> I realize. But, <laughs> but we're going to have it with the uh, positive edge. Here is Run Into the Sun's newest unreleased track, 400 South. I'm still here! Still hurt, still healing, still screaming these sad songs As I walk these streets with all the ghosts of the friends we've made to rest Through Salt Lake snow, I raise two middle fingers in the face of death
that sounds so much better than the uh, first go around. <laughs> you know, and that uh, and that demo, it really uh, it really grabbed me when I first heard it, and I was like, yeah, this band is gonna be. I mean, they already are awesome, but they're gonna be even more awesome. And with every release that they've uh, brought in, I mean, I showcased pretty much every single that they put out in the last uh, in the last two years, right? Yeah, and they've just been on they've just been on top of their game, and it's nice to know that they're uh, that they're still keeping active, uh, not just in the live circuit. In the live circuit, they're great. They're great to watch live. Uh, but yeah, it's just great to hear them on the album as well, and st- and they're still sounding just as lively as if you were to see them on stage. So great job, Dan. Thank you for sharing this song with me. I really appreciate it. And as, as I'm sure, I, I know you appreciate me plugging it on this. You've let me know multiple times. <laughs> and I will tell you once again, always happy to do it. Especially well, when we get the insider job. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that and music getting shared with us, got a bunch of that still to come. Uh, the next band is Red Kate from Kansas City in Missouri. There's some punk rock punk rock and roll uh i want to thank sean for reaching out and sharing originally he shared it the week before i smashed my face and (laughs) got through the emails and so i'm going to it was actually sent it early on before the album was released i think there was a couple singles released and we played uh a single i think that last episode we did before i smashed my face we actually played one of those early release singles well now the album came out the album's called exit strategy came out on november 10th uh, I know in Kansas City, there's at least one. I think I saw two, at least two record stores around there. You can get your vinyl there. I'm sure you can reach out to the band and get vinyl copies if you would like to of Exit Strategy. We played a previous track. Uh, we're going to play one here. And at the end of the week over on Punkinoy Worldwide, I'm going to play another one from the band Red Kate off of Exit Strategy. So thank you, Sean, for sharing it with us. Uh, we are going to get into the track. I don't want to hear about it. So here goes off of Exit Strategy. The band is Red Kate.
I wanted to hear that, but I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. <kidding. laughs> yeah. We've all been there, I suppose. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, like I said, stay tuned over on Pugadoy Worldwide. Later in this week, we're going to be doing uh, three-part new songs in November. There's a lot of great new stuff and a lot of bands shared stuff, so we're going to be packing them in on that episode. But we're going to be playing something else from Red Kate there. Go check out Exit Strategy. Uh, another band that reached out to us, this one in November. So like I said, we are getting closer. Uh, this band is No More Lies. We played them previously. They released Il Cuora della Bestia. What is that, Eric? It's Italian. Cuora della Bestia? Heart of the Beast or something like that, maybe? Uh, I think Cuora's got to be heart. Uh, yeah, Cuora is heart. And Bestia, B-E-S-T-I-A. Yes. Yeah, Heart of the Beast. Maybe? Bestia. Yeah, Bestia. Okay. That's sort of like, uh, I've heard this a lot when my mom would say, Bruto Bestia. <laughs> it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of a demeaning tone because Bruto means ugly. Bestia means, uh, yeah, it kind of means a beast, but as sort of like a, it's sort of, it's meant more as a concept. Okay. It's like when you call someone, uh, when you call someone a rascal. Okay. Something like that. Or if you want to be more, uh, I guess if you want to be more, uh, ah, God, what the hell is the word? Aggressive with it. Bestia can also just mean bastard. Okay. <laughs> you ugly bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but bruto is, uh, yeah, it sort of, it means ugly, but it also just means like uh, unsettling or just like unnerving. You're just a pain in my ass. <laughs> awesome. Well, il cuore... Cuore della Bestia. Cuore. Heart of the Beast. Cuore della Bestia. Uh, the band No More Lies, they reached out on November 19th. I want to thank Fabrizio for doing so. Uh, we played something new off of it. I can't remember if it was here on Punk Noir Worldwide, but I played something new back when this did come out. This is their latest release. came out June 24th of this year. Uh, awesome stuff. Definitely wanted to play again. So uh, I'm going to play two in a row from this release as the tracks are 125 and 156 in length. So we're going to play them back-to-back. First is Skin and Punk, and immediately followed by Bira. So here goes with some new stuff from No More Lies.
per sapere come ti hai rimesso per Ferragosto, perché c'è un progetto abbastanza... Ah, oh, passi con tua moglie. Vabbè. Vabbè, vabbè. E sarà per un'altra volta. All right, what do you say, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't really pick up on it. <laughs> uh, no worries. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to either. I've been doing French for uh, 150 days on Duolingo to kind of re-remember what I had learned and try to be better with French. And if that was somebody speaking French yeah. like that right there, I wouldn't have fucking picked up on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have to do the same with the with Italian. Yeah. It will come it does come back to me. I just gotta put myself in the right setting. <laughs> right. Uh it makes it easier. Uh anyway, no more lies. Thank you, Fabrizio. Great stuff. That was two tracks right there. They yeah, got a great sound. Yeah, it was like heavy street punk. Right? I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. They're they're great. That album's great. Il cuero il cura cuere della what is that? Cora. Cora. Yeah. Core. Della bestia. 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 There you go. Eric got it right. Cora della bestia. There it is. The heart of the beast. Uh, great album. They have great artwork th with that album. And I think on some of their other ones, too. I think it's a lot of the same. So uh, definitely go check it out. You can check them out on Bandcamp. It's good stuff. Uh, I'm going to do an older, uh, maybe lesser known, but uh, an older track now. Uh, as we do here, and then Eric's going to jump into his Christmas song, which will kind of segue into what he was talking about earlier. Yep. So before we get there, we're going to play the band Insolence. That's I-N-S-O-L-E-N-T-S. -S. They're out of San Diego in California. They existed as a band uh, between 1982 and 1987, but they reached out and said, hey, Maybe you want to play our band. And they just did so a week ago, December 5th. And I was like, all over it. Yeah, uh, I'm into it. They have some great hardcore sound. In 1986, they originally released Spit in the Mirror. That was the name of the release that they put out in 1986. Well, they did a remix and remaster of it. And they have released that since. And it's on their Bandcamp page. So go look them up, just as I spelled their name. And that came out on September 17th of this year. Again, originally in 86, but now in 23, so, you know, only like 37 years after. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Uh, I'm going to do just as we did on the last one. The tracks are a little bit shorter, 154 and 120. Uh, I want to play the title track, but not just the title track, and it is a full length. There's a lot of stuff to listen to, just like there was on that No More Lies uh, both great albums. It has a really great sound. I dig it. Thanks to the band for reaching out, getting it on the radar. I'll definitely be playing something uh, when we get around to the California bands in the not-too-distant future, hopefully over on Punkanoid Worldwide as well. Uh, go check out Spit in the Mirror. We're going to play that title track first, Spit in the Mirror, immediately followed by a track called Background Music. And they do have a track on there that could be background music as it didn't have... Any lyrics as I was quickly going through it? Uh, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> but background music actually does. So <laughs> uh, we're going to get to those two in a row. Here is the band Insolence.
we're not playing background music. <laughs> no, we're writing. We decided to write songs that were about a minute long, which was the style at the time. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, actually, both those albums, I did pick some of uh, the shorter ones, but both bands actually on those albums, No More Lies and Insolence, do have a couple around the, the three-minute or just over three-minute mark and a handful that are in the twos as well. Just so you know, I just picked some. I thought they were fast, sounded cool. I liked them. Yeah. Well, it was the late 80s. That was when some uh, yeah. hardcore bands were shaking it up a bit. It's yep. like, holy shit, they're writing a song that's beyond the 122nd mark? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I feel about this, man. <laughs> what do you mean they slowed it down to 120 BPM? <laughs> <laughs> This is fucking weird, dude. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say melody? They're singing? <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Go check them out. They're out of San Diego. And like I said, it's even though it's released in 86, uh, remixed, remastered, so you, you get that feel, like Eric was saying. It had that sound of the times, but yeah. it had a good recording, you know, good audio, not like the hard to hear. And, you know, there might be people out there that prefer it the other way, and you can probably go out and find it that way. But if you want to hear it with maybe a more cleaned up version, I suppose, uh, there you go. And it's found on their Bandcamp page. I think all the stuff we're playing so far, you can find on Bandcamp. I'm sure the Run Into the Sun will be on their Bandcamp when it gets released. Yeah, I've been, I've been checking it periodically since... Uh, because uh, Dan said, any time after the ninth is a uh, fair game. Okay, it's after the ninth. Yep. I thought that that was when it was going to be released, but apparently it hasn't been released yet. So this is sort of an unofficial release party. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to get our releases still dropping on Wednesdays, as we typically do, when, late, you know, late Wednesday evening, mountain time, because that's where we are. Uh, we typically record Wednesdays. This time of year, I, I do coach high school wrestling, so it's kind of we got to juggle our schedules to kind of work around. So sometimes some of these episodes are recorded a day or two in advance before they're released. And the reason why I say that is because by the time you're hearing this, the run into the sun may very well get released, even though as of when we're recording it right now, it has not. Yeah. Yep. But this is just sort of a soft release party. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, th at this point, this is where... At the time of recording, this is the only place where you can listen to it. Right. Or and if you want to hold me at gunpoint and be like, you're going to give me the file. <laughs> you can go check it out yourself on Bandcamp. And if it's not there yet, we'll tune in next week. Because if it has been released by our next episode, we will definitely be mentioning that. Yes, indeed. All right. We are now at the point where we're going to be playing our <laughs> themed song, our holiday themed song, as it's that Christmas time of year or whatever you know, holiday, because there's so many that are grouped together at the end of the year. So yeah. it's at that time of year. It's holidays, uh, holiday track. Eric's got one of those, and Eric's going to be taking over here for a bit. He's got some stuff to say. Uh, yeah, I do. So, yeah, last episode I was uh, talking about the Pogues because of uh, recently deceased Shane McGowan. And, and yeah, apparently they have... Okay, apparently. I knew they had such a very <laughs> extensive and broad history that this was going to carry over right. into two episodes. Well, not only just two episodes, but now two segments in one episode <laughs> because the Pogues have a Christmas song. And I figure it only fitting to, uh, yes, to talk about that one. So we're going to pick up where we left off. Here is the Pogues tribute part two. After the release of their breakthrough album, Rum, Sodomy, and the Lash, they didn't immediately throw themselves back into the forefront uh, while, they were, uh, uh, while they still had momentum. 
Instead of releasing a second album, they actually followed up RSNL. I, I think that's pretty funny, RSL. <laughs> From Sodomy and the Last with an, uh, with an EP called Pogatry in Motion. <laughs> While not a commercial success, it did churn out one, of, one such fan favorite with uh, Rainy Night and Soho. And it stirred up some controversy with uh, this renowned... Uh, uh, this renowned Irish musician who is called who is called Noel Hill. They called the song Planksty Noel Hill. And it's functioning as this uh, retaliation to his remarks on how the Pogues are disrespecting the whole Irish music tradition. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just because they're making it fun for all of us no ne'er do wells and no gooders in this fucking in this uh decade or so. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty fun. But it was during these, uh, these sessions where they were doing their EP where the original composition of their song, Fairy Tale of New York, took place. And the origin of this song isn't, they aren't so cut and dry. Uh, Shane remembers it as uh, their producer, Elvis Costello, he was still producing them at the time, uh, daring them to write a Christmas hit. Whereas their manager, Frank Murray, insists that he was the one who suggested that they try it out. <laughs> so either way, I'm not disputing the fact that both parties would like to see what happens, but it's sort of just, it's sort of uh, he said, she said, but it doesn't matter. The bottom line is they wrote this fucking song, and it took a, it took a grueling couple of years to complete, going through rewrite after rewrite and see, sitting on the seamlessly endless production hell and losing their original bassist and their guest singer, Kat O'Riordan, and she was, oh yeah, she was the original bassist. I phrased that, I phrased that weirdly. She was the original bassist and said to be the guest singer uh, doing the female vocal parts on this song. Okay. As she ran off and uh, got married with Elvis Costello. Okay, nice. <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, that was a little weird. And then there were financial difficulties uh, with, their, uh, with their label, and it also affected their distribution rights. So there was a lot of shit going on in the, uh, in the background. But eventually they did get back on track. And also the song is uh, named, after, it's named after the novel by uh, J.P. Donlevy. Okay. So there's a little bit of uh, trivia for you. They eventually did get back on track, though. Stiff Records, Financial Issues, that was their, that was their record label, Stiff Records. Their financial issues were resolved and they... They dropped Elvis as a producer, and they hired Steve Lillywhite. <laughs> Lillywhite. Okay. <laughs> that sounds so Irish. <laughs> and they hired uh, Christy McCall, who was a renowned Irish singer, to replace O'Riordan for the female vocal parts in the song. And they also enlisted some other musicians to play segments of strings and piano and French horn that's just adding it to this atmosphere, which, being set by the lyrics, feel as if they're being lifted from a, from a musical. Okay, and cool. that's sort of the that was sort of the idea. He describes that McGowan described it as sort of like an aria. This it's the setting of this man spending Christmas Eve in the drunk tank, and in his drunken slumber, he hopes to dream of better times spent around these holidays. Unfortunately, he dreams of an argument he had on a on Christmas Day with his former girlfriend, and the structure is a call and response form with uh, McGowan and McCall. Um, bickering back and forth, <laughs> taking verbal punches from each other and how the other had ruined their life and from, from abusing drugs and alcohol. 
Uh, well, in the last verse, McCall's character tells McGowan's how he took her dreams away upon their first meeting, to where McGowan responds by saying he kept hers along with his. Basically, that in, abu in an abusive relationship, both parties are responsible for each other's for each other's shortcomings. It's called codependency. Yeah, and it services. This serves as a reminder to those who are spending the holidays in comfortable settings that there are those where this is a common occurrence. Right. Oh, God. So it maintained steady rotation on the radio, censored or otherwise, but it did eventually find its home on their third and highly regarded album, If I Should Fall from the Grace of God, where they continued with Lily White as the producer, and he guided them through the process of expanding their sound, all while maintaining their rugged barroom floor aesthetic. Awesome. So, but we'll get into more on that later. For now, let's celebrate the uh, holidays. Be them ever so bitter sometimes. <laughs> Fairy tale in New York. Let's have fun with this one. There was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. And won't see another one And then he sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about you God, I'm the lucky one Came in Years from beginning, so happy Christmas. I love you, baby. I can see a better time when all our dreams come true. You promised me Broadway was waiting for me You were handsome You were pretty queen of New York City When, when the band finished playing They held out for more Sinatra was swinging All the drums they were singing We kissed on the corner Then danced through the night The boys of the NYPD choir Were singing Go away, babe And the bells were ringing out For Christmas Day Someone. Well, so could anyone 
theatrical for a uh, Irish fucking punk song. Right. <laughs> so it's uh so yeah, but that just goes to show how uh how far they were expanding their sound given the fact that again, they are just a little uh, Irish folk punk band. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, like I said, we'll get more into that uh later, but we'll take a bit of a break for now and we'll talk about well, Shows. Shows, right. <laughs> well, uh, did you go see any shows in the last week? Well, kind of. I didn't see... Uh, I went to a show, but it wasn't a concert. Okay. What I what I saw was uh, Aces hosting their uh, amateur wrestling tournament. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it was... Uh, yeah, it was hilarious to watch. I mean, I was never a huge uh, wrestling fan. I never got into WWE or anything, but I have seen... Clips I've heard of all the uh, all the wrestlers because back in the eighties it was huge. Everyone knows who Randy Savage and the Undertaker and of course Hulk Hogan, brother. We all know those yeah. people. They're like, uh, yeah, they're practically uh, they're household names. Yep. Uh, so so yeah, but I have seen clips of what uh, wrestling was all about, and yeah, it was over the top and hilarious. It's just. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's that's really what it is. It's just all these choreographed fights. It makes it look like uh, you're watching a an over-the-top action B-movie. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was enjoyable. Although I didn't get into it, I got into this one, amateur wrestling. And there, all the over-the-top acting, all the cheers and jeers from the, from the surrounding crowd. And, of course, I couldn't do it on the stage. They were on the dance floor <laughs> doing everything, throwing around the chairs and throwing... Uh, uh, all these different types of web weapons. There was a shoe. There was a shake weight. There was, <laughs> there was all these instruments of pain. So it was pretty fun. That's cool. I, I think I've seen that uh, the Beehive has something coming up where they're going to do wrestling and a punk show at the same time. Oh well, that will be interesting. Probably not like the exact same time, but like in the same evening. <laughs> oh come on, that would be awesome. Just like watching a wrestling mosh, right? That would be fucking cool. But we know how uh, the crowds over there uh, react. 
They're just get they can't help themselves. They're gonna get <laughs> into the audience with them. That's awesome, and it go kind of goes hand in hand, you know, local uh, wrestling and then punk music. I, I think, you know, what other music's gonna be playing? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes up for that show. Or that takes that for that show. <laughs> what do you have as far as shows coming up? Well, there's one that I'm going to tonight. I'm going to see the mighty possessed. Nice. The uh, the true founders of death metal. <laughs> you know why? They wrote the song Death Metal. <laughs> they are just as much the founders of that genre as Venom is the founder of black metal. Awesome. <laughs> For those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what it is. But yeah, I'm gonna be seeing that tonight. Um, uh, I didn't want I didn't want to run the risk of selling out, so I threw some money to my friend to uh, procure a ticket for me at the door. Which uh, you don't get a ticket in return; you just get a stamp on your hand. So I'm just like, hey, leave me on the list, and I will uh, get you back. So thankfully, I know the owner. I text Spence, but he like, told him the situation. He's like, oh, you're good. I got you. Awesome. The, all right, kick ass. So, so yeah. Now I just got to make sure I get there in time to see Nunslaughter. Right. Yeah. Nunslaughter is going to be awesome, but come on, it's possessed. You got possessed. <laughs> they were the yeah, they were one of the instigators of death metal. They were still very much like on the on their base, they were a thrash band. You know, they were yeah, they were just a thrash, but they started implementing those uh, sinister slayer sounding uh, uh, overlays on those on those fast riffs, and that was something that that uh, Chuck Schuldiner later on he. He brought that into the fold and and sort of uh, really kind of molded into molded death metal into what we know what we know it to be today. Cool. So so yeah, that's uh, my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll be going to see uh, Possessed. Um, on the 12th, Menzingers will be playing at the complex with Microwave, Cloud Nothing, and Rodeo Boys. That'll start at 7 p.m. I guess the asking price is $32. Not sure if that's with or without the fees. I, I, I don't remember, but uh, but yeah, that'll be a fun one. On the 15th, I'll be going to this one. I'm going to see the Deadlights album release show for Suffocator. Cool. Yep. And you know how much I really enjoyed the album Deadlights. I am planning on revisiting it because I think there's more to be said. Um, it's just going to take a minute. <laughs> uh, they'll be playing with Fight the Future, Swarmer, and Harvest of Ash. That'll be at Aces High. It's a $10 cover charge. Starts at 8 p.m. Another show that I'll be going to is on the 16th, The Mighty Exodus. Be coming back to Salt Lake. We're going to have Truce and Blood opening up for him, as well as my friends in Villain and Sacrilegion. And that'll be at the depot. It's $35 after all fees and taxes, which really ain't bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Seeing uh, three great local bands and one of the one of the instigators of thrash metal. Come on. You're, you're fucking up if you ain't going. <laughs> anyway, after that, on the 22nd, Endless Struggle. Going to be playing with All Systems Fail, Yoto Miklan. Don't know how you fucking pronounce it, but... Yalto Miklan and Filth Lords at Aces High Saloon. Going to be $15. Starts at 8 p.m. While also on the 22nd, Kilby Court's hosting a hardcore show with Dying Wish, Boundaries, Foreign Hands, and Roman Candle. I uh, don't have the price on that one yet, but you yeah, may sure to say it's anywhere between the round of $20 to $30. Okay. So just uh, be prepared for that, but you can find it on Kilby's site. Uh, so, yeah, you got a punk show and a hardcore show going on at the same night. I'll be going to the punk show. I like Dying Wish, all right, but 
I don't know. I just want to go support the homies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that's where my uh, allegiance lies. Anyway, that's all I got for upcoming shows and the ones that I'm going to be talking about next week. So don't worry. I may not have had a lot to talk about this time as far as uh, live concerts go. But next one, <laughs> next show, I'm coming loaded, buddy. <laughs> Maybe still loaded, judging by uh, how much beer there's going to be at all three of those shows. <laughs> we'll see. Uh Four, actually, I think. No, three. All right. I've got just a few to mention. Uh, I may end up at the first one I'm going to mention, at Friendsmas Eve, a punk rock Christmas. It's the one I've been mentioning for the last couple weeks. The All, the, all proceeds, it's free entry, but there's raffle prizes. They were posting like a... Can, not Cancun, somewhere in Mexico, a trip for like a five-day trip and a $500 gift card to for Delta Airlines. Uh, snowboard packages, all kinds of cool stuff like that. They've got a lot of cool prizes. You can go check out uh, at Friendsmas Eve over on uh, Instagram if you want to get more details as to what they're up to or follow any of the bands that will be playing that night, which are Racist Kramer, Restroyer, Damn Dirty Vultures, and Fail to Follow. Again, free entry but raffle prizes. It's going to be at Urban Lounge. That's December 15th. 7 p.m. I assume that's when the door op- doors open, but uh, all the bands go play cover sets of other people, other bands, other stuff that you would know, so go check them out. Then on December 16th, that's Saturday, this is at Walling- or in Wallingford, Connecticut at Cherry Street Station. The band Zombie will be doing 10 years of failing upwards. Uh, and that's their anniversary show, and they'll be playing with Bobby Dykeman, Jared Knappick, our pals in Cry Havoc, and then Hopeless Otis. So go check out that show. Then what else we got here? This one is the holiday edition. It's spreading the hardcore reality. It's Sunday, December, I think that's 18th, or is that the 10th? Is the 18th. What are the days? 16, 17, I think that's the 18th. The 18th? Yeah. Oh, nope. This one already passed. Never mind. That's the 10th. I couldn't read the font. It looked like the 18th, but that's uh, not right. So damn. you missed out. Rochester, New York. You would have seen Rust, Pure Bliss, Hard Target, Juggernaut, Only Shallow, World Purge, Face First, Princess. It would have been awesome. Wish could have been there. I wish I would have mentioned it last week. Now I thought I said the 18th. My bad. S- spread the hardcore reality. <laughs> that's that's the intro uh, during... Uh, Ah, fuck it. I can't remember which sick of it all song, but it's on their first album. That's KRS One doing a doing a shout out, spreading the hardcore reality of '89. Sick of it all, fresh for '89. You suckers. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if you are in this, looks like uh, Dresden, and it's on December 16th. That's this coming weekend. Uh, Lion's Law and RAS84, two great French bands, are going to be making their way into Germany to play Club uh, Pushkin, is what it looks like. So go check that out. Uh, Love Lion's Law played RAS84 recently over on Punkanoi Worldwide. And I think next week is when I'll be playing them here as they just released their mini LP. So go check out both those bands as they're both phenomenal if you're going to be in Dresden. And finally, we're going to mention the band Conservative Military Image. Uh, On December 13th, they'll be in San Jose at Cornerstone, San Diego on the 14th at Corazon del Barrio. On the 15th, Long Beach, California, First Street Billiards. 
and in L.A. at the Belasco on the 16th, and then they'll be in Detroit for Black Christmas Fest on December 30th. So go check them out. They're out of Chicago, so West Coast, or at least just California. I shouldn't even say West Coast. California, they're coming your way. Uh, Homefront will be playing the first three of those shows. That's a great band coming from Canada. Uh, Slugger's going to be playing one of those shows. Mongrel, Zabalaba, Castillo. So great stuff. Go check out Conservative Military Image USA over on Instagram if you want more details. That's it. That's all I have for shows. Eric, let's get back to the Pogues, huh? Yeah, let's get back to the Pogues. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but the great cover-to-cover album I'm talking about is their uh, uh, <laughs> I almost said second release. Not their <laughs> second release. It's their third LP. <clears throat> And as uh, as I mentioned before, they uh, brought in other instruments aside from the standard Irish folk instruments they always used, uh, which also allowed for the manifestation of stylistically unique songs, one of which is a Turkish song of the damned. And the title of that is actually pretty funny. It's inspired by how uh, uh, NME magazine referenced uh, the damned single Turkey song as the... Yeah, as the Turkish song of the damned. So like, <laughs> oh, you know what? We're, it sounds like a cool enough title. We're just going to go with it. Nice. So yeah, this song has instrumentation, instrumentation, I mean, that's more closely related to the stylings of Middle Eastern folk music that invokes a sound you'd sooner associate with a pirate shanty. Cool. You know, you think of the sound that makes is made by one of those uh, uh, woodwind instruments that those snake charmers use. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it reminds me of. And then there's a, the instrumental song "Metropolis" have segments that in, intrude an Irish jig with a variation from the Mission Impossible theme. <laughs> it's like do 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 do. It just sounds like a, like the Mission Impossible or James Bond theme. Do, it just do, sounds do, like do, it belongs do, there. Do, 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 kind do, of. Do, do. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do. That's basically what it is. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, again, just all these uh, different styles coming in. But the one that stood out to me the most was Fiesta. It starts off somber enough with this uh, saxophone playing a soothing melody at a waltz's pace before a whistle signals a, signals a tempo change and replacing the sax with uh, trumpets that are playing in the style of uh, Spanish, Spanish party music. Nice. You'll know when you hear it. And it's living up to its namesake. It's inspired by a party that lasted for several days while they were staying in Spain, filming, uh, filming their movie Straight to Hell. And Shane is singing a mix of English and Spanish about some of the oddities they experienced at the fest with uh, each verse broken apart by those famous Spaniard screeches with the rolling R's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this isn't a mindless uh, go-party-get-hearty tribute. They... They not only reference phrases from the old from old Irish folk songs, but also variations of stanzas from Samuel Taylor Coleridge's Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and Federico Garcia Lorca's Romance del Emplazado, which translates to Ballad of the Doomed. Okay. <laughs> and they also name drop uh, Costello as King of America, which was the title of his 1986 album, and they mention O'Riordan as well. Cool. So this, uh, yeah, for a party song, it's loaded. There is a lot to dig through in here. (laughs) 
but it's still fun nonetheless. So let's, yeah, let's partake in this uh, fiesta, people.
So yeah, while uh, done in a different style, it's not without their party songs. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there was a. Uh, so yeah, that's just a uh, part of the album that we had uh, listened to and what to expect. I mean, what to expect? Expect the unexpected on this bitch. <laughs> there were a couple of more. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of more uh, hyphy ones, like uh, you know. That were more inclined toward their Irish roots, like a uh, you know bottle of smoke just erupts as an Irish jig, and then they have songs like uh, "Thousands Are Sailing," and it's a ballad depicting the plights of uh, that Irish immigrants had faced in their journey to the United States. Uh, to me, it's probably the most beautifully crafted song on the record. I mean, hats off to Philip Chevron, <laughs> their Phil uh, uh, <laughs> Chevron. He was their guitarist. Okay, and. And yeah, he was adamant about uh, wanting to uh, release that song because he didn't want to take anything away from Shane McGowan because he was he was the main writer, and that's also why I'm not including this song, even though I think it's one of the best ones on this record. But we're focusing on Shane, not <laughs> Chevron, <laughs> right? And then there's songs like uh, "Lullaby for London" and "The Broad Majestic Shannon." They are two birds of the same feather. Both depict introspective thoughts of singular characters' accounts of the world around them. Uh, "Lullaby" is expressing desire for a better world, not necessarily for himself, but rather his son, and hoping that he doesn't have to encounter the same hardships that he had. And "Majestic Shannon" uh, is named after the longest river in Ireland. And it's about more longing for when times made more sense. It's a viewpoint that is expressed by an old man who returns to his home in Ireland only to see how much it's changed and recounts the memories when journeying to his old stomping grounds. But you don't want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to hear about uh, the song that I did end up choosing. And I had to, cho I had to go with the Streets of Sorrow Birmingham Six. It's a dual song. It is their most politically acidic song on this album. Uh, the Streets of Sorrow portion, it opens the song and is composed and sung by their banjo player, Terry Woods. And it's a slow and brooding tribute to the leader of the Irish independence, uh, uh, the leader of Irish independence, say that, Michael Collins. And then Shane takes over and flips the script, making it more upbeat, while his lyrics review the uh, Guildford Four and the titular Birmingham Six. And they were all resistance fighters who were wrongfully convicted of these uh, pub bombings in 1974. Upon which he sings about how it must have been hell spending 20 years in prison, prison knowing that you're that you're innocent, that you've been wrongfully accused. Right. And that's what happened. It was in like uh, 1991, 1992 that they were acquitted of all charges wow. because evidence actually came forward. But to be convicted without yeah. was just fucked. Right. So, that's a long time. Yeah. So I had to put it, I had to put in that one because we had to remember Shane McGowan was very, uh, he was, forward with his politics and all of his uh in all of his songwriting yeah he wrote about uh being a a smarmy irish drunk <laughs> and, but he was not without his uh, uh he was not without his expressions of his uh standards and his morals and that's why i had to had to why i wanted to choose this one and that's why i did so it's a lengthy one because it's basically two songs in one here here we go with the uh, streets of sorrow and birmingham six Oh, 
Yeah, what a disparaging song to listen to. <laughs> yeah, but it was. Uh, but yeah, I love the I love the message that they've been putting forth in that one. Because yeah, it still it still happens. People being wrongfully accused, wrongfully jailed, and uh, even sentenced to life or even death in prison before any evidence comes out suggesting otherwise. Right. It's horrible. Yeah, nobody wants to be that person. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, still get some more things to say about the Pogues. I mean, this was the album that like made and broke them as they were never able to create an album that surpassed uh, in fervor to grace of God. And it didn't help that Shane's drug and alcohol dependency was further shoving the wedge between him and the rest of his bandmates. Right. He stayed on for two more albums, Peace and Love and Hell's Ditch, before getting kicked out in 1991. Mid tour, by the way, wow. and they yeah, <laughs> they continued on. Must have been with, really uh, bad to to be kicked out mid tour. Oh yeah, he was just he was just kind of showing up, and he wasn't really there. He was just uh, and he was doing interviews completely plastered, and no one really knew what to make of him anymore. So he just so yeah, they had to boot him off uh, mid tour, and they got to the point where they just couldn't tour anymore. At least not with him, right? Uh, but yeah, they did get Joe Strummer to fill in on some of the uh, remaining dates and he played for he played for a while before their tin whistle player uh, player Spider Stacy assumed the position of frontman and their quality continued to decline as their final two records waiting for herb and uh, Pogue Mahone proved to be artistic and commercial duds <laughs> which uh, prompted them to disband in 1996. All the while, Shane was still staying musically active with his newly founded band, The Popes. <laughs> Back then, it was uh, Shane McGowan and The Popes, but he still struggled a great deal with addiction and alcoholism alongside the setbacks in his health it was causing. And in 1999, Sinead O'Connor found him passed out on the floor after dosing himself with heroin, and she reported him to the police... <laughs> Wow. And this was sort of his uh, wake-up call and an influence to kick his habit, although he uh, still drank. Okay. He was an uh, alcoholic through and through. Uh, but then the Pogues reunited in 2001 after uh, McGowan uh, uh, finally published his autobiography, A Drink with Shane McGowan. So McGowan uh, is back on vocals. They toured around UK and the rest of Europe, as well as playing festivals in Japan and the East Coast of the United States, all while receiving many awards and accolades for their contribution to music and releasing compilation records, releasing deluxe editions of their records containing B-sides and outtakes and other unreleased material, plus a box set in observance of their 30-year anniversary titled, aptly, Pogues 30 that featured remastered versions of all of their records and an unreleased live album where Joe Strummer was singing. Wow. So that is pretty interesting. And I can't find those uh, anywhere on the online. So, so yeah, you have to buy the box set. <laughs> all the more reason to do so now. Anyway, they can. the Pogues continued on until 2014, during which their guitarist, Phil Chevron, died of cancer. Oh, that's too bad. And... And yeah, they played their final show on August 9th. In 2022, their bassist, Daryl Hunt, died. And just this last November, Shane died as a result of pneumonia. So yeah, you have like all the key players, one of which is the face. Right. His disgusting looking face. <laughs> as ugly as that grill was. Yeah. 
he was the face of that band. So yeah, there is no way in hell Pogues are going to be reuniting. Right. But in the style of an Irish wake, his coffin was borne through Dublin while fans lined up alongside the streets to witness the funeral procession. And before gathering to the church in which the surviving members of the Pogues, along with uh, Glenn Hansgard, Lisa O'Neill, and John Sheehan from the Dubliners, all performed Fairy Tale of New York one final time. Cool. So there you go. It all came full circle. And that's, yeah, that's really what I wanted to say. A very ad-lib, not ad-libbed, a very abridged history of Shane McGowan himself because the man was a masterclass in writing and really, they really set the standard. I don't want to say set the standard. They paved the way for mixing, yeah. uh, mixing different styles of folk music in the, in the same scope as punk rock. You listen to this, it's like, yeah, it sounds like folk music, but the singer is a little more abrasive and aggressive than what you'd hear with the, than what you hear on a fucking song by the Dubliners. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and yeah, all the bands that followed suit, there were, you know, the Tossers, the Mahones, the Real Mackenzies, and eventually Flogging Molly, who, right. who basically took all of that and were like, yeah. But what if we just uh, kept the sound of punk rock, the speed and the aggression, and just mix it in with the uh, Pogues? Okay, and then, well, you know what Flogging Molly sounds like. They were the guys that were among the first to really channel that into un- undoubtedly punk rock. Right. So, so, yeah, without the Pogues, definitely wouldn't have my favorite band. We wouldn't have a lot of those, those bands. So the Pogues... What more can I say? But fucking I salute you. And R.I.P. <laughs> Shane McGowan. Um, it's intended that I'm holding up a beer. I just have water. But cheers. <laughs> and now we're going to get to my album. And for this week, uh, the album that I picked, I picked this band to play not too long ago. I came across them when our pals in the Mistakes had released their album back in September. And I was looking for uh, their split that they were going to be doing. And then I came across this band, The Mistakes, that I believe is from Reseda, California. They were playing together in the late 90s. And I played a single off of a different album. Now I'm going to feature their album, a different album than before. This one is Dressed for Success. (laughs) S-U-C-K-C-E-S-S. Success. Success. They put it out... July 15th of 99, I believe this was their last release. Uh, I don't know too much more about them other than they put out a song. I can't remember if it was on this album or the other album, but it referenced Reseda. So I know they're from California. I assume it's Reseda. But they do have a lot of cool music. Had a hard time picking tracks off of this one to feature. Uh, But I recommend going and checking them out. Just like I came across them, now you get to come across them. Uh, Let's get to one of those tracks now, uh, the one I chose. I was narrowed it down to two, and it was Fight Back or Riot. We're going to go with Riot on this one, and we'll see what you think. Maybe it was the right choice. Uh, Maybe you should go listen to the other one and see if I made the right choice. But here it goes. Here is the band, uh, The Mistakes, but the California version, not the UK version. (laughs) Yesterday I was sitting at home, patiently by the phone, waiting for the man to ring. Tell me I'd be the next big thing But the call never came So I got my bike and I went to LA Mr. Industry ignored me Didn't fit into society So I said I'll be the one 
Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's total late nineties California punk rock. But I it's, agree. Yeah. It it is, but it still is like uh it's still great as a standalone track. I agree. When I hear it, I hear, you know, the band Orange came out after the fact, and they're from Southern California, Orange is. So Orange came out post uh the mistakes. Maybe they were influenced by them, maybe they played together or something. I don't know. I don't know that much detail, but yeah. another band that they kind of sound like to me is the Addicts. Like, there's a little bit of the Addicts in there, even though the Addicts obviously are not from Southern California, but <laughs> similar in sound. <laughs> and maybe this band was influenced by the Addicts, as obviously the Addicts came far before the mistakes did. <laughs> I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Who haven't the Addicts influenced? Right. I mean, I mean, if not for just the music, but damn this stage setup and everything oh, that they've done, the theatrics. God damn, I need to see the Attics again. I know, me too. They are definitely one of my favorite bands to see live. They put on an awesome show. Oh, yeah. And and yeah, they got the music to back it up. Yep. It's like you don't listen to the music and get bored. I mean, they wrote Viva right. La Revolution for right. Christ's sakes. Uh, they so many great tracks and great albums from the Attics. But back to this band. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to play track. <laughs> we're going to play one more from The Mistakes. Uh, the, band, the, the track that I was for sure going to play is American Dream. We're going to play that again. The album, Dressed for Success, that came out mid-'99. Let's do this before we start wrapping up the show. So here we go. It's The Mistakes and American Dream. <laughs> Oh, he 
UK 77 inspired skate punk. Right? That's my that's my diagnosis on these. <laughs> Muddy power greed. Man, mistakes were like almost 25 years later and it's still the same shit. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yep. It's somebody's American dream out there. A bunch of fucking corporate assholes that, uh, you know, the, the one percenters and shit. Yeah, they're the ones living the dream. Yeah, it's their American dream. Yeah, their American dream. <laughs> what about us? Oh, yeah. yeah, they don't care. Well, that was the mistakes. Go check out Dressed for Success. It's good stuff. I enjoy it. Uh, I've played stuff from each of those albums, so it might be a minute before uh, I get into playing more from them, but probably over on Punkanoi Worldwide as well. Uh, next up, though, going to be playing, uh, we're wrapping up the show. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. We're wrapping up the show, but we're going to go out of order on this one. So uh, we're getting ready to wrap it up. We've got uh, two tracks, as we do. I'm going to play some metal, but for me, it is AI metal. Yeah, this is metal not created by a human being. Right. It's well, the first the, AI metal. Well, all the human being did was just punch the numbers. So. Right. <laughs> There's, it's quite the concept. It was shared with us, uh, the album. The band is called Frostbite Orkings. And they actually even have a music video. And I think the music video is for the track that I picked. Uh, it's from the Metalverse. That's where the band's from, the Metalverse. The Metalverse. And 
uh, again, it is the world's first AI-generated heavy metal album. It is a full album. It's due to be released December 22nd. Frostbite or Kings are re-releasing the Orcish Empire, or at least somebody's releasing it on behalf of the AI that has created it. God. <laughs> AI. Well, I am interested to hear what this what AI perceives to be metal, how it's programmed. Right? Well, you're going to do that right now. The track's called We Navigate. Again, it's a full-length, very orc-esque, especially if you go look at the imagery, the album art cover, the music video. Feel free, anybody out there, to try it. If you're curious, let's get into the track. Again, it's called We Navigate. It's Frostbite Orkings. How do you think AI did? Well, it got the basics. <laughs> Though it was kind of hard to tell if it was just trying to be uh, 
uh, brutal, like a chuggy, or if it was trying to be melodic at the same time. It, oh, okay, that's what I mean. It felt like it was trying to be that uh, both at the same time. It just felt pretty messy. <laughs> well, that's what you get when you get AI-generated metal. Uh, good stuff. I thought it was cool, uh, cool enough to check out, uh, you know, whether people are going to flock to it and be like, oh, this is so awesome. And then you get a trend of AI generated shit out there. I don't know, but there you go. The metal verse brought to <laughs> us by the metal verse frostbite or Kings. This world is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what do you got? You're going to wrap up the show. Last song of the episode. Yep, last song of the episode, and I am revisiting, once again, a dead artist. <laughs> if, you, if you guys remember back in episode, uh, yeah, what was it, like a one, uh, 330-something, 335, I ended out the show in a, in a sort of memoriam to J.R. Cash, who... This year marks his, uh, the 20th anniversary of his passing. He passed away in uh, July of 2003. And so it was around that time this year that I decided to play one of his songs. And if, and if you don't remember, here's a sort of recap. Johnny Cash, born in Kingsland, Arkansas in 1932, and part of a, uh, part of a cl clan of seven kids. And picked up a guitar when he was 10, got signed to uh, Columbia Records and made his just desserts throughout the 50s and 60s. Uh, dealt with amphetamines and alcoholism and addiction of all sorts. And uh, his career took a nosedive here and took a nosedive upward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, up and down, up and down. And yeah, where we left off in his career was... Uh, was when he did the famous Folsom Prism live album. Right. And, and I talked about the song that he did for the, uh, uh, for the inmate Glenn Shirley, the song Greystone Chapel. Right. And how he wanted to yeah, just sort of pay it forward. People saying that Johnny, Johnny Cash saved their lives with his music, and Johnny Cash felt it's like, well, let me save his life with his music. Yeah. <laughs> By way of me. I'll be the vessel for saving his ass. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's where we, that was, uh, where we left, uh, left off and he, uh, yeah, at the point of cleaning up and, uh, answering to his troubles with the law, <laughs> he, uh, continued on with his activism for Native Americans and he even ventured into television with the Johnny Cash show where he would showcase musicians, both, uh, renowned and unknown and have them perform. And after shedding his uh, outlaw image, he publicly presented himself as the man in black. And his reason behind uh, not only offset the image often associated with country musicians, you know, nude suits, brazen with line, uh, linestones, rhinestones, and 10-gallon hats and cowboy boots, uh, but it was also a way for him to sort of mourn the living, as he said, who endured the severe hardships and are living with the trauma, despite the fact that Nobody seems to notice, and nobody seems to care. Right. So, so yeah, I touched on that a little bit uh, uh, last time I was talking like that, uh, talking about this. Fuck. Anyway, his popularity was in steady declination again in the later half of the 70s, um, although he was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame 
And in the mid-80s, he formed the supergroup Highwaymen with Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson. Nice. And he comes back into play, that, uh, that last man I mentioned. Uh, this found further commercial success for Cash as they remained active for 10 years before, dis- for 10 years before disbanding in 1995 with three hit albums under their belt. And then Columbia Records dropped, uh, dropped him from his recording contract, and he signed to Mercury for a time but didn't quite... Um, preserve a commercial comeback and after his stint was up no major labels wanted to sign him again so enter rick rubin who signed cash to his label american recordings in 1993 and began recording the first of six albums all bearing the same name as the label followed by a subtitle it was like american four Restrain. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or n- restrain, unrestrained. Okay. And these are, actually, that was the second one anyway, but doesn't matter. These were the last albums that Cash would ever release and ensured that he go out on, on a high note. And it contained such hits with originals like uh, Give My Love to Rose and The Man Comes Around, but it was mostly stacked with covers of hit songs by other bands and artists like The Beatles, Neil Diamond, Tom Petty, Sting, Depeche Mode, Soundgarden, Danzig, Nick Cave, Tom Waits, Hank Williams, U2, Beck, David Allen Coe, and his most revered, say it with me, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Yeah. And he also did a one-off cover of Redemption Song by Bob Marley with Joe Strummer, which I talked about last year when I was doing the tribute episode of Joe Strummer. Right. We even played that song, and it's, uh, God damn, it's beautiful. So, yeah, if you want to know more about that, I refer you to that episode. Now, on the surface, some people might look at this and think of it as a total cop-out, like a last desperate attempt to stay relevant. Think about it. Here is a man who is nearing the end of his career and ultimately his life, though no one really knew it at the time. But he hasn't been as popular as he had been decades prior and is so creatively bankrupt that he has to resort to writing cover songs from more popular bands. But I don't see it that way. Right. I mean, yes, the majority of songs on these uh, Swan Song records weren't originals, but you got to think, this is Johnny Cash. Yeah. He established his style decades ago. So any song he decides to cover, he's going to rewrite it as if it were one of his own. And he did that to such a degree that even if you are aware the aware that it of the original song and you you still can't deny that it sounds as if it were his creation all this time. Even Trent Reznor himself went on record saying that Hurt is more of a Johnny Cash song than it ever was a Nine Inch Nails song. Right. And a lot of people see it that way. Yeah. So through all this, I am choosing a song that was not on any of these American recording records, but it's actually uh, still a cover song which was written by Chris Christopherson in 1969. The song was Sunday Morning Coming Down. And Christopherson also appeared on the Johnny Cash show, which, according to him, it was the song that made his career. He actually, in an interview, said that after this song took off, he was finally able to quit his day job. Nice. Awesome feeling. Yeah. And it was the following year, 1970, that Johnny Cash performed it on his show and was... and it was released on his soundtrack album. But not included was the opening monologue expressing his love for this song and his uh, personal, connection, <clears throat> personal connection to it. 
And the quote would go as follows. You know, not everyone who has been on the bum, on the bum wanted it that way. The Great Depression of the 30s set the feet of thousands of people, farmers, city workers. It set, it set them to ride in the rails. My daddy was one of those who hopped a freight train a couple of times to go and look for work. He wasn't a bum. He was a hobo, but he wasn't a bum. I suppose we've all, all of us, been at, been at one time or another drifter at heart. And today, like yesterday, there's many that are on the road heading out, not searching maybe for work as much as for self-fulfillment or understanding of their life, trying to find meaning for their life. And they're not hopping freights much anymore. Instead, they're thumbing cars and diesel trucks along the highways from Maine to Mexico. And many who have drifted, including myself, have found themselves no closer to peace of mind than a dingy back room on some Sunday morning with it coming down all around you. Wow. And therein uh, bears the title, Sunday Morning Coming Down. Now, I do have more of a reason for uh, choosing this one, but we'll get to that in a second. Let's listen to this song. It is wonderful. Well, I woke up Sunday morning With no way to hold my head That didn't hurt And the beer I had for breakfast Wasn't bad, so I had one more For dessert Then I fumbled in my closet Through my clothes and found my cleanest Dirty shirt Then I washed my face and combed my hair And stumbled down the stairs to meet the day I'd smoked my mind the night before With cigarettes and songs I'd been picking But I lit my first and watched a small kid Playing with a can that he was kicking Then I walked across the street And caught the Sunday smell Of someone's frying chicken And Lord, it took me back to something That I lost somewhere Somehow along the way On a Sunday morning sidewalk I'm wishing, Lord, that I was stoned Cause there's something in a Sunday That makes a body feel alone And there's nothing sure to die in That's half as lonesome as the sound of the sleeping city sidewalk And Sunday morning coming down In the park I saw a daddy With a laughing little girl That he was swinging And I stopped beside a Sunday school and listen to the song they were singing Then I headed down the street 
And somewhere far away a lonely bell was ringing And it echoed through the canyons Like a disappearing dreams of yesterday On a Sunday morning sidewalk I'm wishing, Lord, that I was stoned Cause there's something in a Sunday That makes a body feel alone And there's nothing short of dying As the sound of the sleeping city sidewalk and Sunday morning coming down. So, yeah, you can only find a well, mostly you can really find the uh, live recordings of that. There's not a exactly a studio recording that's out there. Right. <laughs> there are some uh, remixed versions of it, I suppose, but uh, but yeah, the original is the live one. So yeah, that's the uh, Sunday morning coming down. It's not typically my favorite song that uh, uh, that Johnny Cash did, though it is great. Um, but my reasoning behind this, I mean. I said in the last episode, like, I'd be covering, yeah, Johnny Cash's history, but there was another motive for why I wanted to save it for this one. And it's because it's been 10 years, it's been 20 years since Johnny Cash died, but for me, it's been 10 years since my grandpa died. Okay. Yeah, this, uh, this upcoming Saturday, the uh, 14th, or why do I keep thinking it's the 14th? It's the 16th. Right. The 16th. In 2013, he he passed away of uh, heart failure and pneumonia. And, yeah, it was in December. Not only was it before Christmas, but it was before his birthday. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was, a rough, it was a rough holiday for us. And, and yeah, the thing that really uh, got me was, you know, I knew him. I loved him. He was my he was my grandpa. He was hilarious as all hell, irreverent as <laughs> irreverent as fuck. I'll tell you that. I I know that I absorbed a lot of his uh, his sense of humor in myself, but I was still too young to hear uh, the stories that he had. Because <laughs> yeah, I never really feel like I got to know much about his uh, past. And if I and if he had lived longer, I feel like I could have uh, gotten more insight into that. Right. Because my older cousins, they were talking about how he was having more, for lack of a better term, grown-up conversations <laughs> with them. Uh, and yeah, I never got to. I never got to have that. And that's why I'm. Uh, yeah, it's been ten years. It was a whole lifetime ago. Right. And I wanted to do this because he was a f- uh, he was quite the huge fan of Johnny Cash. It was like his favorite artist. He listened to a lot of that old school, good old boy country music, but Cash stood out above the rest. And so I messaged my grandma, and 
I and I asked her, I know he loved Cash, but what was the song that really stood out that he listened to the most? And she said, oh, that's easy. It was this one, wow. <laughs> Sunday Morning Coming Down. I'm like, okay, thank you. And I promised that this is the song I was going to play. And and yeah, this could sort of count as like the uh, you know my final words for the right. for the punk cast episode is that you know while we're in this uh, this holiday, being thankful for what we have and the relationships that we are keeping, uh, really do hold on to that. Don't let that go by the wayside because you never know when someone's just going to up and kick the bucket. True. Yeah, and especially with your especially with your family, the relationship I got with my parents right now is, uh, I mean, it's amazing. I've, you know, every time I uh, every time I spend time with them, I realize there's something else I am learning about you. <laughs> there's just this brand new thing. So with the with your living, uh, you know, with your living relatives, with your living friends, your any other acquaintances you keep with, don't squander that time and just really. Really understand their uh, understand their clicks. Keep them around, right? <laughs> keep them close to keep them close to your heart for a while. And and yeah, Grandpa George is. Uh, even though I never really got to know you as well as I thought I did, well, at least I still have the memories that we have. Right. <laughs> I'll eat a Dumford donut in your. <laughs> in your uh, <laughs> oh God, it, as tribute, I guess. In your memory. There that was go. one thing. Every time I went over there, he always had those thick chocolate donuts, those so Dunford good. cakes. Yeah. He was always uh, feeding me those. Eventually, my dad had to cut him off. It's like, my son is gaining too much weight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, every time I think of Dunford donuts, I think of him. Yeah, he was a good man. R.I.P. George Norris. Yeah. And Johnny Cash and Shane McGowan. Like I said, this was a this was a memoriam episode. Right. This episode's a memorial for three different, three very different people. Right. Um, but yeah, that was the that was my main one. That was the that was the point I wanted to I wanted to talk about that I was saving for this episode, not the prior Johnny Cash related one. Right. So. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I got to say about that. Hold on to your loved ones, folks. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up the show now. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music Player, FM, Podvine, Podchaser, Verbal, and SLCPunkCast.com. You can go find all the bands over on Instagram at Run Into the Sun HC, at Red Kate Casey, at No Underscore More Underscore Lies Underscore HC at Insolence Band, and that's I N S O L E N T S Band. At the Pogues official, at Frostbite Orc Kings, and at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where are you? I am on Instagram at Scary Uncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. My bands are on Instagram at Anonymous underscore Band Official, and at the Apathetics.slc. And on Facebook at Anonymous SLC and at the Apathetics. And you can listen to our music on Bandcamp at anonymous slc and at theapathetics.bandcamp.com and also anonymous is on a hiatus right yeah we had uh, two members leave like within two days of each other both dk and sid they uh, quit on us wow so yeah now it's uh just me will and ethan and even ethan has taken a bit of a step back to figure out some things with his 
yeah. life. Right. <laughs> and so right now we're just at a point of, uh, of reservation. Okay. And just, uh, and just rethinking the, uh, rethinking what our future is going to entail. Cool. It's not as devastating a blow as I thought it would be. Good. With any, with any band members uh, shifting in and out, you see where the uh, actual passion lies. Right. Yeah, so, so yeah, we will be back, I assure you, but we want to come back when we have something new. We'll right. say that. I mean, we've been a band for five, almost six years, and we've developed so much of a rapport in the, in the community that people know who we are. People know where to find us. They have our, they have our records, well, cassette tapes, but they listen <laughs> to them. They have our merch. They come out to the shows. They say that they, they tell me to my face that they really love this band. So I'm like, okay. And we don't have any shows coming up. The only obligations we made were promises to ourselves as a band, but now we're uh, just a three-piece at the moment. So, yeah, we can afford to take a break right now. It is necessary. It's been so go, go, go right. for uh, for the majority of our uh, illustrious career. <laughs> we haven't even played out of state yet, but that's, that's the point. We're at a time of reflection. We need to, we need to sort of uh, rethink what we're going to do. Cool. Okay. Um, where else you can find me? <laughs> you can find my podcast, Lead Melodies, on Instagram at leadmelodies underscore podcast and on Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. You can stream the episodes on anchor.fm. And check out the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook that I run for any, if you want to stay updated with any shows happening in Salt Lake City, I'll post the flyers. I'll also post when uh, bands are releasing new music or releasing new merch. Keep your scene alive, folks. You can find all the bands on Facebook at Run Into The Sun HC, at Red Kate KC, at No More Lies SPQRHC, at The Insolence, at Pogatree at Frostbite, Orc Kings, and the shows at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening all the way up to this point. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back next week, so we'll see you then. Play the fucking outro.